Welcome everybody to episode number three of the Courage Pays Better Than Fear podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Special Eddie, Edmund Fontana, and we are so excited to be here with you on the last day of September, getting ready for October 1st. Edmund, how was your September, man? It was an amazing September, not only just because it was my birthday month on September 14th, but it's just been an all, all around just you know, great September. We've been killing it with rucking. We've been killing it with the exercising. Um, you know, we haven't missed a single day and yeah. it's been, it's been a long time since I've gotten in any kind of exercise program and haven't missed a day. So all in all, man, I can't complain. Had yeah. some, had some, uh, you know, epiphanies and stuff that kind of came about this month that really kind of helped shape things uh, for the future. So think things are good. Yeah. And you, you turned 28, right? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had turned 28. 28. Well, 42, 42. 42. Hey, that's a good, that's a good age to, to be. So today is a unique episode. It's actually a part of a two-part series where we're going to share our personal stories with you about how we got to where we are. And listen, we are in constantly in development. We have not arrived. You know, we're sharing with you our journey where we are pushing through challenges, pushing through fear yeah. to, to get to that success, to get to those rewards. That's what the whole Courage pays better than fear mantra is all about. It's about pushing through those difficult times, you know, stepping out there when you're afraid of something, because really what you want is on the other side of that. And so today, Edmund is going to be the interviewer. I will be the interviewee, going to share my story. Next week, we're going to flip that. Um, but we're going to do something fun to start today. And boy, do we have stories to tell. We do. We do. <laughs> you probably have more than me. Uh, but we're going to start with the Furious Three today. This is where I'm going to throw. Three random questions, Edmund's way. Next week, he's going to do the same thing. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask So him. let me ask you this, before you even get started with this, because you do this kind of weird stuff all mm-hmm. the time. Like, did you even give these questions any thought, or are you just going to randomly nope, pull them out? this is just going to come right out. Great. Here we go. What is it? Give it to me. What is it? Are you ready? I think. All right. Hopefully. So here we go. Is it going to be PG? Keep it PG. You keep it PG. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Number one, question number one of the Furious Three. Mm-hmm. If you could be... Any type of vegetable. <laughs> All right. What would it be? Oh, man. Are you really going to do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> We're um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Mm, any type of vegetable? Seriously? What kind of question is that, dude? Um, I mean, this is psychology here. We're, we're learning something about you. Any kind of vegetable. What, what do I want to do? Bro, I have no clue. I mean, I know, but I can't talk about it on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's your answer. We're good. We're gonna move move on to question number two. So, uh, you said enough. You said enough without saying a damn word. Question number two. Here we go. Uh, being that we're on the verge of spooky season, Halloween month is getting ready to start. October first is tomorrow. What is the scariest movie you ever saw that really just scared you, man? I mean. The movie Aliens. Yeah, you remember the movie Aliens growing I up? I remember Sigourney Weaver, if you know. Yeah, you sure do. All right. You see why I picked that? <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Look, we're behaving, I promise. Um, but yeah, it would be the the movie Aliens. Um, I I still, to this day, get freaked out about them aliens in that spaceship and the, the places that they went. Uh, those things were just creepy looking and i still wake up as, a, as an adult thinking about that movie when i go downstairs at three four in the morning like thinking about one of those things in the corner especially around october they, they just freak me out but that would probably be that would, that, would, that has to be it yeah. okay i can't think of anything else like the whole freddy krueger and jason and all that stuff 
even Chucky back in the day. See, I'm definitely letting y'all know I'm 42. Um, th- that never really did it for me. Yeah. But that movie did. All right. Aliens. There we go. Aliens. Yeah. I love that movie too, just for probably a different reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> the last last question here. So you're you're a world traveler. And uh, you know, there's there's a running joke that Edmund is always on vacation. <laughs> and good for him. <laughs> but let's stick with the United States. What is one state that you would love to travel to that you haven't been to and why? That I would love to travel to that I haven't been yes. to. I would say I would say Texas. Just the the you know so everything's better ever in Texas. Say, yeah, everything's better in Texas. No, actually, the more I've learned about the South, the more I've actually, you know, I'm you know, as Michael Lush would call me a Yankee up here in you know, Northeast PA, Delaware, Maryland, that area. Just the more I've learned about the South, I mean, just like the Southern hosp- hospitality, like, you know, just the people are different, you know, a lot of different things about the people in the South. The, uh, you know, once started out in Tennessee and, um, you know, if, if Texas, it, I don't know, I think Texas would be Texas. It. like that. I think the fact that I've gotten older and my wife's got a farm now and oh, you know what it did it for me? The movie Yellowstone. Right yeah. now, I know Yellowstone's out there in Montana, but. You know, <laughs> he got it. He fell geography. Yeah, no, I'm just no. It's just that whole the whole cowboy country boy feel. Mm-hmm. I think, and okay. and for my friends that knew me back in the day, you would never consider me country by yeah. any means. Yeah. So not at all. Not yeah, at all. Not at all. Well, there we go. That's the first Furious Three. So next week we're going to flip the flip the tables. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to ask those questions. And now we're going to switch roles here. I'm, I'm going to give you the, give you the host. You're hosting now. So now you're, host, you're, you're the interviewer. Now I got to sit here and think about questions to interview. Yeah. All right. So the, the main reason why, you know, obviously we talk about things before we hop on here. Um, we've gotten questions about wanting to learn more about us and who we are and like our backgrounds, where we come from. And I think it started with, uh, we got a message over last weekend about, uh, us being open on here during these podcasts and talking about our struggles, keeping things real. Um, and that's what we continue to do. And what, what we want to continue to do on this podcast is just be real. Um, in fact, the gentleman mentioned, you know, there's a, there's a lot of men out there that don't like to talk about their feelings or don't like to open up or don't want to talk about their struggles. Definitely don't want to talk about their failures. And that's really kind of what we're all about is talking about those things and letting people know, like, you know, everybody has these feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is okay to talk about them. And if it helps people talking about them, you just, again, this gentleman mentioned he was in the military and this kind of really helped him out. So, you know, mad respect for our, our military out there. Um, you know, they, they go through a lot. Uh, and if just by talking on a podcast can help one single person out there, especially a veteran, that is what, you know, this, this, this yeah. whole podcast is really about is courage pays better than fear, yeah. right? No, no need to live life in fear. Um, believe it or not, a buddy of mine said this to me when we were teenagers getting ready to go do something stupid. And I'm like, you know, I, I'll say his name, my buddy, Shane. I'm like, Shane, aren't you afraid that, you know, X, Y, Z is going to happen. He's like, you can't live in fear. And that stuck with me for some reason. I'm just like, he's right. You can't, you can't live in fear. Um, he's like, yeah, I live life. And I'm just like, you know what? It's true, right? No point in living in fear. Just do what we do. Um, all right. So a little bit about you. This is what kind of led to this, this interview. Um, where'd you grow up? Where? So I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, uh, Southwestern, Southwest of Pittsburgh, but just for, for simplicity, people ask me, I'm always like Pittsburgh. 
I'm from, I'm from, from Pittsburgh. Okay, got gotcha. From the Berg. From the Berg. What, so I'm assuming that's where you got your love for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, so uh, growing up, my grandfather was a season ticket holder from back in the day, went to all the Super Bowls. My dad was a huge fan. Really, it's just a family thing. If you grow up out there, anybody from southwestern Pennsylvania knows what I'm talking about. I'm branded. You see, I got my, my Steelers tattoo there, but uh, live and diet, man, because um, – it's just growing up. That's what you know, and you know you you're proud to did you live, represent did, the black and gold. Did you Did you live in a boozy community, Rose? No, <laughs> I no no. So tell um, me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so it, it's funny. The first time I took my wife back to see where I grew up, she's like, "What in the hell is this? <laughs> this actually, no, I kind of yeah. It. It's like uh, I'm going to take you where I grew up today when we check oh, out man. real estate." that's gonna be crazy mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a real depressed area so where i grew up in front of my house was an abandoned school behind my house was an abandoned coal mine and the places that we used to play as kids were the abandoned school and the abandoned playing um abandoned school and the abandoned coal mine and just a real depressed area um today a lot of people have moved um you know it's it's really dead there's nothing there very poor and uh you know that's I didn't really realize it, 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 it until it, it, I got older. It sounds like sounds like you had like a, a, a Democrat running things back then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get into politics. I'm here we sorry. go. I'm here sorry. we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, people. This is for everybody, right? Just you, you don't have to be right, left, you know, all that good stuff. So. Um, okay. So you had an abandoned coal mine in the back. You had yep. a, a school in the front. Yep. Um, did that school, was there any like symbolic... You know, because because you end up getting involved in education, did that have anything to do? No, no. If if anything, uh, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a weirdo, and uh, I've always like. I mean, who asked three weird questions like that? (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, right. That's right. All right, wait till we get off this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So I've always had like this um, this affinity for abandoned buildings, abandoned places. Like as I got older, if I see like uh, like an abandoned. institution or like an old school or something like that, I'd always just be drawn to it. And it hit me like a couple of years ago. I'm like, well, no wonder because the places you played as a kid were abandoned schools and abandoned coal mines and those types of things, breaking in, going in and exploring, not vandalizing, but just checking it out. You guys heard it. I did. I did. So I were, you those, were you one of those little punk kids that like broke out the windows and stuff? I wasn't that kind of kid that yeah. broke out the windows. I was just more into like the, the adventure, the journey, the mystery, like being scared, you know, those kinds of things. Facing but, uh, your fears. Facing your fears. Yeah. yeah. And right. I was, I was often afraid with, with a lot that I did, but, and it wasn't the safest thing. I'm not condoning that. Cause I look back, man, it's pretty, pretty silly. Some of the things that we did, but um, just yeah. was always drawn to. And most kids go through it. You know what I mean? So yeah. mom, dad, uh, know you talk about your parents all the time. You have a, you know, a lot of love for your mom, a lot of love for your dad. You know, yeah. we, we talked about that a few times, but um, parents stayed together through, through, Throughout, you uh, yeah. got a brother too. Right? I got a brother. Yep. So grew up with my mom, dad, my and brother. And that is winery on your head. That, yes. So uh, that let me give you a little close up here. Silvermark Cellars. Shout out to my brother's uh, winery out there in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, but grew up with my mom and dad at home. Um, they made it all the way through. They actually split up when I think I turned like thirty to twenty nine or thirty. So, oh, so you know that was a little bit of a. Like what the, the hell happened? Yeah, I experienced um, that at a young age. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was kind of the, the reverse. You know, a lot of kids experience that early, early on. on. 
I experienced that as an adult. So, you know, just another thing that kind of messed me up, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just playing, but no, my, my parents were always very encouraging of me, did the best they could with what they had. Um, you know, neither of them went to college, but they encouraged me. Ask, yeah, they say you got to go to college. Everything comes from education. They always drove that home. So your parents instilled in you like your way out of of not want to call it poverty, but your your way out of where you guys grew up was to get an education because it's very education. it's very similar to what like my mom instilled in me, and I yep. still remember the conversation that we had going on a walk. But we'll talk about my situation next week, yeah. which you won't want to miss because that's that's. Yeah, got some interesting stories for yes. sure. I will keep it PG, I promise. Um, but you know, that's next week. So, all right. So lived out there, Western PA. Yep. How did you end up here in yeah. Landenburg, Pennsylvania? Yeah. So, um, man, there's a, a lot of stuff that happened in between then. But um, went to college. Um, you know, went to graduated from Penn State, and my original, I, be, I became obsessed with learning. Probably my junior year of college, I just, I always was into like writing and reading. I used to, I wanted to be a rock star at one point. Oh, um, man, I recorded over 250 songs used to write song lyrics and stuff. They're so. actually pretty good. I do remember listening to them yeah. when we went on vacation. They're not, they're not thank, but I appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, so, you know, that kind of got me into reading and so my junior year, something just took me over where I just became obsessed with learning, just started devouring books, like committing myself to my studies. And I thought I was going to be an English professor because I majored in English at Penn State. I was going to get my PhD, but then reality came knocking and I had to get a job. So I sent out applications across the United States as far as California, uh, South Dakota, Maine, everywhere. Really? Yeah. Everywhere. That's crazy. Yep. And I didn't have a teaching certificate at the time. I got a call from Chip Helm. Chip, if you're watching this, Chip called me uh, from Maryland, Cecil County, Maryland, Northeast Maryland. I went down, interviewed for the job. I actually changed into a suit in the parking lot, uh, driving down from State College. So you drove all the way down, didn't get a room the night before. No. You just changed and went changed, in on your interview. Changed went in. No wonder he ain't hiring you. Yeah. This dude and his fashion, like he probably had wrinkled up clothes. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, this guy. Anyway, so um, didn't get that job, but he recommended me for a position at Bohemia Manor. And uh, a man I look up to a lot, role model mine, Mr. Randy Schaefer was the principal at the time. He asked me one question. This is true story. He saw that I was from Western PA. He said, and he had like a Southern jaw. He said, Jeremy, I got one question for you. I see you're from Western Pennsylvania. Do you have a favorite football team? He said the Pittsburgh Steelers. He said, you're hired. It's a true story. (laughs) And that's how I started teaching. And that's where I met this clown. Yeah. So the same man hired me too. So I had a a job interview as a rising sun in Cecil County. I ended up turning it down. Me. Human, uh, great, great guy. Uh, the, the HR director at the time, Bob Davis, reached out and was just like, look, like turn down Rising Sun. Like, you know, we kind of I went through why. And then he was just like, OK, well, I think I got a, another position for you at Bo Manor High School. And Randy Schaefer reached out to me in the same Southern accent, said, come on in for an interview, son. And I went in there on the interview and basically he told me, you know, you didn't really do that great on the interview, but I could tell you you're going to have a way with our at-risk kids. So I'm going to hire you. So it, it is. It, yeah. We've known each other for about 20 years now, and it's all been through the education field. So um, speaking of education, um, it's a little bit off topic, but you are now in charge of Replace Your School yes. under the Replace Your University umbrella. Yes. Um, so what are you doing with that? Yeah. So Replace Your School is all about, uh, you know, for families who have thought about homeschooling or are currently homeschooling and support uh, helping families work through that process, navigating curriculum or state laws 
or just sound evidence-based practices to deliver education at home. And then also navigating public and private education, you know, helping families do that. So, you know, we're just starting out uh, with Replace Your School, but, you know, where we're going with it, we're very excited about the families and, and children we're going to be able to help. Gotcha. So anybody's interested in it, they don't necessarily have to like want to homeschool their kids. No, they, you can, no. they could really yep. like reach out to you and you can consult them on things like Schedule, schedule, getting into your uh, ideal college, dream college, um, financial aid, that sort of stuff. Anything anything related to education, you know, we provide services for. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, man. All right. Well, back to you. So you made it out here. You became a teacher. This is kind of where we we met. And you you've always what I've noticed about you is like you've always been a hard worker and never been afraid to put in the work. So. Talk a little bit about your experiences going through as a teacher, your your love and passion for wanting to become an administrator and then like being like, I think you were the youngest principal in the county. Uh, I don't know if I, with Chip? I, I was competing with Chip, you so bringing up Chip's name. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you were one of the youngest principals, yeah. which kind of led me to kind of then follow and then get involved in that whole field as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I when we talked to a class together, we taught some students who had learning disabilities, really struggled. I always had the mindset when I taught that, you know, I don't care what a student brought to the table. They were going to learn and they were going to be amazing. If they had to take a test, they were going to crush the test. So I always took somebody saying, oh, these kids can't do it or this kid can't give them watch. Them. That's how watch. we go for it. Give them to me. And that's, that's, let's do it. Yeah. And that's always been my mindset. And um, early on, uh, you had a lot of success with teaching. Randy Schaefer, who I talked about, I guess, noticed something in me. He's like, hey, I think he'd be really good teaching the teachers, doing professional development. And from there, started getting some leadership opportunities, became an assistant principal at 28 and, um, you know, just lived it. Like I lived being an assistant principal. I would, and this was before kids, I would get to get to work at 6.15, sometimes earlier. I'd work till 6.30 at night. I'd come home and I would work and I would just study and prepare to just be the best assistant principal as possible. I wanted to be everywhere in the building. I wanted everybody to see me. You would kill like the evaluations. Like you would literally do thousands of evaluations a year. About thousands, (laughs) hundreds. Yeah. He was in the classroom too much. Yeah. I would try to. Yeah. I mean, I think at one point I was in like 3000 classrooms at one of the schools I was in, but you know, I just loved it. And then I remember like my second month as assistant principal, I told Edmund, I'm ready to be a principal, dude. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm just like, dude, you keep it moving. Like, like enjoy being an assistant principal. Nope. nope, I'm ready to move up. Yep. And then eventually after did it. Five and a half years as assistant principal, came principal um, at a high school here in Chester County and loved it. It was a great job. But what what had happened was when I started as an assistant principal, I didn't have children. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, like, what's the what was the transition yeah, point? For yeah. You? So, you know, the hours that you have to put into those jobs, at least for me, and I'm speaking personally, like, <laughs> man, you know, teachers and principals and administrators all work hard. They, they work put so it, they hard. They put so in, hard. They put in the hours before, during, after. And that's the thing. If you're not putting in those hours, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. And, you know, f- for me. I just got to a point, like, especially as principal, when you're the head of a school, yeah. you you have to be everywhere. You're responsible for the kids, for the community, for the families. You have to, you know, you're responsible to your to your bosses. And it's as Randy Schaefer would say, the buck stops with, buck you. Stops with yeah. you. And I got to the point where like those hours working, those hours, that crazy time, um, it it was compatible when I didn't have kids and ha- didn't have a family. But the the older that I got and as I had three kids, it's just missing out on their lives. It it just 
it didn't work for me anymore. Yeah. And that was a point where I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. This is you had that internal comp that so like we sometimes like he and I talk all the time, like when we're working out or rocking or whatever, like because we we all want like everybody wants to grow, right? No, you just being a human, I mean, everybody no one wants just to, to remain stagnant through their whole life, right? Everybody's looking to self-develop and, and learn more about themselves. And you came across this internal conflict and I noticed it. I saw it. I felt it before. Yeah. Like I, I know, I knew exactly what he was feeling without even, you know, out even having a conversation with him about it and was just like, you know, what's going on? And he told me, and he's just like, look, something's got to change. Like this is the first, you know, karate um, class that I've been to with my son. And, you know, like I've, he's seven years old and he was, he was like, just something's got to change. And yeah. I saw the pain, right? And we link everything in our mind. This is Tony Robbins, right? Link everything in our mind. Everybody thinks links everything in our mind to pain or pleasure. And you could just see the pain in this boy's eyes. So I said, look, man, like I'm part of a company, you know, I work for Replacer University. I'm part owner. Um, you know, I'm in charge of Replacer Employer. You know, it's mainly about real estate, but there's other pathways that you can go down. And I, I would love to sit and meet with you. And then I just left it at that, right? This was just me trying to help a friend out. And, you know, you ended up calling me. Remember what day it was? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so just to kind of like the, the, the pre-story to that, and I always talk to Edmund about this. I felt like I always had something inside me where yeah. I could create something on my own. I wanted to be responsible for my own thing. I didn't want to work for an organization. I didn't want to report to somebody. I, I felt like I always had something inside me that that I was supposed to do. And it wasn't being a principal. I loved it. Great job. Uh, and again, I have the, all the respect in the world for people who are in education, but I knew it wasn't for me anymore. And it was probably two years going on two years where I just had every day going to work. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, th this is not for me. And I would tell Edmund this and it got it just got to the point. I don't know what the breaking point was. I called him on a Sunday. I'm like, dude, Done. something's got to change. Something's got to change. And I went and met with him. I think we mentioned this on an earlier podcast on a yeah. Thursday. The next day, very next day, I turned in my letter of resignation. And I haven't looked back with one shred of regret since. Yeah. And it's and, you know, best and decision. Of my, not the best decision of my life. But but yeah, that was marrying the boss. Yeah, I was going to say the boss, she's going she's gonna to see this and you're going to be in trouble. Um, and, yeah, that would be bad. Um, so the fear associated with that yeah. decision. Right. So think about think about the fear that was associated with that decision. Wow. So much. What uh, how did you how did you get over it? Wow. Uh, I mean, I was so afraid because I wrote down and I probably even have the book here. I made I, I wrote out like cost benefit risk analysis of like if I stayed in the position or if I got a promotion or I went and tried to get another job somewhere. And I had a column for going out on my own. And I put like a smiley face, sad face, neutral face for each of the ones. And one, the only one that had a smiley face was the work for yourself being, being on my own. And it, it it was the biggest thing was having three kids, that security, not having stable income, wondering how I'm going to do that or insurance and all this stuff. And but you figure it out later. Yeah. And here, here's the thing that if you commit, I like <laughs> I I quit my job basically. <laughs> I quit. Like, like you don't understand. Like this is a true story. I called my wife from work on a Friday. It was the day of prom. I called her, I said look I'm done. I'm I'm quitting. I'm resigning. And I'm like, I just want to make sure I have your blessing first. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. I believe in you. And I wrote my letter. I called him like, dude, I'm I, I'm quitting. I'm putting my my two months in. I yeah. walk. I literally, this is true. 
I walked my letter. I, I texted the superintendent. I'm like, I, I really need to speak to you today. Walked over my letter. He was like, wow. He's like, I didn't see this coming. Handed it. And it just felt like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. It's scary though, isn't it? I was, sca- I was scared, scared out of my mind. Yeah. But I, I, I believe, I believe, believe that there was something bigger out there for me. It, again, my children and my wife, best decisions of my life, obviously. Best quality of life, personal decision I've ever made. And the work that I'm putting into this now is building a legacy for my family and for me on our own. Mm -hmm. And I'm not relying on anybody else. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, that's a big move there. We've all been conditioned to believe like you got to, got to work. You got to find a good job. You got to get good insurance. You got to work so hard to put all this money away. Then you get to enjoy retirement at 60, 65 years I'm old. Retired. I'm, I'm retired man. now, right? Like, <laughs> retired now. Like, we get to do what we want to do. We, we rocked and we, recorded podcast. Yeah, we just, we just rocked today for three and a half hours, three hours, sorry. Um, and then we're, we're back here. We're doing content for something that we want to do, right? Yeah. We want to help people realize, like, listen, you don't have to live that lifestyle that you've been conditioned to believe that you have to live. You just don't. Right? right. And, you know, we can serve as a resource, but you don't need to use us if you don't want to just know what you're capable of doing inside. I mean, replace your employer. What we do on a regular basis is, you know, we, we find people that want to replace their employer. You don't necessarily always have to, but I take them down the real estate path, right? Everybody knows me Nate Lambert for the most part are real estate investors. And we teach people how to become real estate investors. And that was my way out, right? Owning businesses, getting involved with Michael Lush and Replace Your University, owning part of that business, owning other businesses, and then, you know, building my own, right? I wanted to do something on my own, which was a real estate investing. And I've done that for the last three and a half years. And it's been a godsend. I mean, it's been a blessing for sure. And when I met with Jeremy, not only as a friend, but also as like knowing what I'm good at, I'm just like, okay, I, someone trained me to replace my employer, Nate Lambert, Michael Lush, thank you both. Um, I'm going to train Jeremy. I can do this. I know I can do this, right? And we went through, we figured out his bottom line. And then I gave him the pathways underneath Replace Your University, right? So Replace Your University is, it's got multiple pathways. One will teach you how to pay your house off in five to seven years. One's all about mindset with Nate Bailey. One's Replace Your Employer with myself, right? Then there's Replace Your Banker with, with Jim Kindred and Adam Edwards, Um then there's Replace Your Dollar with Jeremy Newsom, right? I mean, freaking Jeremy Newsom. How awesome is Jeremy? <laughs> he's he's and a Jeremy and Matt. Force of nature. So we're going to just make this announcement now. But you two, <laughs> thanks a lot. I just want to put this out there. Um, because now this clown wants me to do a freaking Ironman with him. Okay? I never even ran a 5K. And now he wants me to do this Ironman with him. So we got to commit. We got to put in the hard work. It's a year from now. All right. But all his training so far has paid off. So I'm going to put my faith and trust in him that he can get me ready and prepared for this. So, yes, September 16th of 2023 yep. is the, the date that we have set. And Jeremy's going to talk a little bit about yeah. reverse engineering. Yeah. That he's yeah. So we uh, mm-hmm. so I've never I've done multiple uh, marathons. Um, I've done a, a few ultras on my own. So not like organized, but I've run over uh, 26 several times. Um, and I was like, what better way to show yeah. what a human being is capable of than to let, let's do this thing. Let's do the Ironman. And Jeremy, Jeremy Newsom, Matt DeLong just crushed it. They just, they, they did ask. And I saw that they did. I'm like, you know what? 
we we could do that too. We're going to do it. So um, we're going to start training. Actually, our official training will start in November. We'll have from November to next September uh, to run it. But we're going to document our journey. And I suck at swimming. I suck at running and swimming. And I I never really rode a bike. So I can (laughs) run. So this is going to be one hell of an experiment. But we can't wait to share that with you. But just to show you, like a lot of people probably saying like, oh, well, you know, and I was telling them and this, people are going to be like, oh, well, don't you think you should run a, a 5K first or a half marathon? Or I mean, that's yeah. really dangerous. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. No, we're, we're going to we're going to intelligently build the plan, incrementally get there. But we're going we're going after just it. like anything else in life. Right. Just make the decision. You got to yep. make the decision. And then you got to think about all the pleasure points that are associated with it. So you so you actually complete that. But, you know. How else has Jeremy Newsom like helped you? I mean, yeah, like so, when I showed you all the avenues under yeah. Replace Your University, which one did you pick? Yeah, so Replace Your Dollar. And I've been working with Jeremy uh, one-on-one coaching sessions. Uh, he has so many free courses. I've, I've done, um, I think, five of the free courses so far, mm-hmm. in addition to my own independent reading research. And that's the one thing I'll say is I've just put in a ton of time. I've gone all in just studying, trying to learn as much as I possibly can. And it yeah. has paid off. So this, this month of September, I have my best month trading. I du- more than doubled uh, let's my, talk, let's my talk income. Numbers. Don't hide it. Bro. All right. Let's so, talk yeah, so, so again, last month was what? So it was around 5,000. All right. This month is what? Over 10,000. Which is why we're going to dinner tonight and we're going to celebrate. Yeah. And listen, here's the other piece. That's just one revenue stream. Yep. And as a principal, just to be completely transparent, I brought home $8,400 a month after taxes and everything. So I, I just, I smoked that. And next month you go smoke it again. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it really is all about just taking the action part. So the fear part is real for everyone. We get it, right? We've experienced it. Think about the fear that I'm facing now with this whole Iron Man, you know, run, swim and bike. Like, I mean, I can't even. You got to wear one of those leotards too, like a singlet. Are you? No, I ain't doing that. Are you serious? Yeah. Get away from me. I'm like, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, anyway, so before he gets me mad at him for signing me up for this, um, you know, the fear is real, right? Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And really, that's, again, that's what this podcast is about. It's just to help people understand that you too can accomplish your dreams. Doesn't matter what age you are, you know, just get up and move. Um, you know, like Nate Bailey said, Choose a move, right? You go through Nate Bailey's Replace Your Mindset program. You, you know, I count a lot of my success right now that I'm having based on that program because I had no clue that I could do any of the physical activities that that man puts you through, right? And Michael Lush basically said, if you're on my team, you're going through it. And I had no choice. And I said, let's just do it and did it and really found out that, okay, you're not that old man that you really had in your mind, like, you know, you were, I was not aging gracefully by any means. Um, so now I got like all these different challenges that I want to do and, you know, I'm, I'm going to achieve them. I'm scared to death, but I'm, I'm going to give it my best and and do it. So, all right. Um, so kind of went through your background a little bit, talked about how you got into, in, in the teaching and administration and how you transitioned from, you know, an administrator over to being an entrepreneur now, which is something you probably always had any to begin yeah, 100%. with, um, just kind of sum things up. So there's always experiences that happen to us in our life, good and bad, right? It's what shapes us. 
So think about one really good experience that you had in your life that has kind of shaped you for, you know, who you are today. Yeah. So, um, oh man, you turned the hat around and yeah, everything. Man. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think we, we've, we've talked about this, but something like I've always had like this inner, inner drive, like to just, I, I don't know, just to push myself. And whenever I played, I'm going to use a high school football example, mm. whatever cliche, I'm not a meathead. I promise. Um, but I remember you was when, a fat kid growing up. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but when I played football, I used to put together scouting reports um, for the upcoming opponent. I would break down all the game film and I would pass it out to my teammates. I'd break down tendencies. Uh, our coaching staff didn't even do it, but I wanted to know, you know, what to expect um, in terms of the other team. And I used to work out so hard uh, just getting getting ready, prepared. And like the rucking back in the day, man, I used to cut grass. I used to put cinder blocks in a backpack and cut grass that way. And there's a picture. There's actually a picture of it. Um, but just always. At what age was this? 16? 16, 17, 18, three years. And, and I lived on a hill like this. So I'd be pushing up a hill. There's a picture of it that my parents have. There's something wrong with you. Lots. Uh, but anyway, so I would put all this work in it. And I'll never forget it at a football banquet, the head coach was just was talking about different players and, he, and and I came up and he said in front of everybody, he's like, there's nobody with more intensity, passion and heart than Jeremy. You know, when he commits to something, you know, he goes after it and that just and it like stuck with, it stuck with me, solidified that like, Hey, someone else sees, sees what I'm trying to do. And yeah. I know that small scale high school football, but I carried that with me. No, I mean, think about some of the stuff, Tony yeah. Robbins. I think Tony Robbins he's, even has like a similar story like that. There's always a defining moment in someone's life. And it, it's really cool. If you don't know, and you haven't done it really try to go back and think about what that moment was that defined you. Yeah. All right. So that was a good moment. Now I can't wait to hear about the bad moment. Yeah. Right? So, so, I mean, it's, it, it's a series of moments. It's probably years of bad moments. And uh, <laughs> I mean, to, just to be blunt, I was fat. <laughs> How fat were you? Like fat, fat. <laughs> like I was probably like five foot two, 180 pounds. I was always a little skinny bean pole. Man. Like, and listen, now. I got I got picked on horribly uh, when I was younger in middle school. They were some of the worst years. So I think that's probably one of the middle reasons. school kids are brutal. I taught yeah. them or I was an assistant principal in middle school and they are brutal. Yeah. And I just remember getting picked on, har- harassed. And, you know, I, I ate like garbage. I was responsible for it, um, you know, but just going through that um it it was tough like i think back and i think that's part of the reason why i became a principal is to protect kids who were picked on i, I always felt protective of you know the kids who who struggled with with, with things I and uh, yeah mm-hmm. but you know all those kids who said stuff to me i still remember all your names <laughs> i do and listen and here's here's why when i'm working out please I'm don't from, tell me you got something no, 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 no. all right good if He's I'm really in, not dangerous YouTube. So I'm, try to take when I'm, I'm in a difficult situation or I'm struggling with something or I'm, I'm pushing myself to do something. That's when I, I use that. That's like motivation and fuel. I'm like, all right, I remember that. All right. How, how you like me now, man? How, how about, how about now? So how it's like an internal conversation. Um, so if anything, I I've kind of repurposed and reframed that experience to be like, I'm, I'll show you through so, success. Through success. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So for all those you you were a little heavier when you're younger, been picked on all that stuff, you can turn this around. I'm six four. <laughs> Lean me machine. Lean me machine. You're something else. All right, everybody. I think that kind of wraps it up for today. Uh anything I'm missing? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna reclaim the host 
All right. Component back from you. Yeah, hey, you ahead. did a nice job interviewing. Well, hey, we are I so coming with three weirdo questions. You got to right. for next week, though. Okay. All right. So start start working on that. I will. You know, research. Any time to think. We are so grateful that you join us here today on this Friday, last day of September, for episode three of Courage Pays Better Than Fear. We're going to be back at you next week. We're going to record every Friday so you can expect these uh, coming your way. Smash that like button, right? There you go. I, I, I don't know. That's what I see all the time when my kid watches. Like my kid watches YouTube all the time, and I hear the kids always talk about don't, don't click the, the subscribe button. Or, or, right, we we'll have to come up with crazy. Let's go like, smash it. it. Flick it. Yeah, flick it. Flick. <laughs> anyway, hit that like and subscribe button. Please share it with your family and friends. We appreciate you so much. We're asking for the next episode. Please put some questions in the comments. We'll get those on next week's show. And Evan, I hope you have a great weekend. We hope you have a great weekend out there in YouTube land. And thank you so much for watching the podcast because courage tastes better than fear. Peace, everyone. Take care.